Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to Wisdom's Echo. This is Grant Mahoney. Welcome into 2024. We had a break during the month of January. We just decided to give all of our different speakers a break. And we've had an amazing break, but now it's back to business, back to Wisdom's Echo. I'm really excited to be sharing with you today as the first podcast of the year. And what I wanted to talk about was knowing the Holy Spirit. So what I want to do is just share a few things that have been on my heart for a while about the Holy Spirit. And, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to teach on, like, like I say, the subject of knowing the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is some one somebody that we hear about we hear his name used a lot in our circles obviously but many times we're not too sure who he is or what he's doing in our lives and how how, how do we respond to him so in this part because i'm not too sure how, how long this is going to be i'm going to focus on three important aspects of the holy spirit and his work in our lives so let, let's start in genesis good place to start genesis 1 verse 1 and 2 and that, that's where everything begins. It establishes the most important principles of our Christian faith. So it says this, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. So that's how we get to know that there is a Spirit of God. And then later on, the Spirit of God is called the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit didn't come on the day of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit was there right from the beginning, just like God's been there. And He's never left. He's always been there. So there are a few things that I want us to look at concerning the Holy Spirit. The first thing is, and, and this is a very important point, is that we want to recognize, it's an important point that, that we need to recognize about the Holy Spirit, is that He is the Spirit of God. He is the Spirit of God, and He signifies the presence of God. So if you look at a passage and it says, And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. That means the Holy Spirit was the Spirit of God. So the Holy Spirit was hovering over the face of the waters. And because um, He is the Spirit of God, He is God. So He is not less than God. He is God, the Spirit of God, and, and, and God are, are one. And so my Spirit and me are one. Your Spirit and you are one. God and His Spirit are one. And so... We've got to remember these things because we cannot be separated from our spirit. I can't be separated from my spirit. You can't be separated from your spirit. So the Holy Spirit is God. He is divine and He's unique. And the other thing about the Holy Spirit or the Spirit of God is that He is present. He is present. He's always there. He never leaves us or forsakes us. We, we know the scriptures. And so we're introduced to the Holy Spirit for the first time. He's present on the earth. And if you and I want to experience God, you experience God through the Holy Spirit because He's present. He's the manifestation of the presence of God in our lives. And that's what's so important for us to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit and to understand who He is. No matter what you're going through, no matter where you are, He's present. He's present in the midst of, of the darkness. He's present in the midst of the chaos. He's present where there's no light. He's present where there's no form. Because when you look at this passage in Genesis, this is how the passage describes the earth. It's without form. Darkness is upon the face of the deep, but the Holy Spirit is present. So the Holy Spirit is present at all times. Even when you think that um, He's not there, He's there. You know what I'm saying? Even when we, um, we, when we think there's way too much darkness in, in our lives or there's too much chaos or whatever... He's present, and this is the beautiful thing about Him. He's ever-present, and He's there at all times in the life of the believer. So the Holy Spirit is present. That's one of the key things we've got to remember about Him. And the other thing you'll notice about the Holy Spirit, Jay, is that He moves. 
He, he's not stationary. He's moving. He's constantly working. So the Spirit of God is present in this chaotic world that we're living, and the Spirit of God is moving all the time. So those are two things, two keys. The Spirit of God is present, and the Spirit of God is moving. And I don't know about you, but we all go through difficulties in life, and when there's trouble or chaos or something, or some something terrible or bad has happened to us, and I don't know about you, but sometimes I know in my walk with the Lord, I've often wondered, where's God? Where's God in all of this? Where's the Spirit of the Lord? And the thing is, where we've got to remember is He is present. And, you know, and then sometimes we'll ask things, what's God doing about this? But I want to say this, He's moving. What's the Holy Spirit doing? When the whole world is in chaos, He's present and He's moving. And, you know, because people sometimes in, in times of conflict and chaos and difficulty, they often wonder, where's God? And the thing is, we've got to understand, He's where He's always been. He's present by His Holy Spirit. And His Holy Spirit is not imprisoned. His Holy Spirit is moving. He's constantly moving. Even if you don't feel Him, because it's not about feelings. Even if you don't feel Him, He is present. You know, I don't see Him. He's present. You, you can't see what He's doing. He's present. He's always present and He's always moving. So right now, as you're listening to this, no matter where you are, you know, you may be at home. You may be in the office listening to this on your earphones. You may even be driving in your car. I just want to encourage you. The Holy Spirit's there. He's present and He's moving in your life. You may not feel anything, you, but He's moving. You, you may not have goosebumps while I'm talking about this, but He's moving. You may not fall on the ground. You may not feel an anointing. You may not scream and shout. You may not shake and bake. He's moving. The Holy Spirit is always present and He's always moving. And if there's anything you want to learn about the Holy Spirit from the first two verses of the Bible that I just read is that He's always present and He's always moving. This is the wonderful thing about Him. And He's present when we don't see Him, when we don't feel Him, when we don't even appreciate Him, He's present. So I want you to remember today as you listen to this that the Holy Spirit is present in your life and is moving in your life. He's moving in your marriage, He's moving in your home, He's moving in your workplace. And, and, you know, I, I, I know this. We often say, but man, there's so much chaos around my life. There's so much chaos in my home. There's so much chaos at work. There's so much, you know, but, but that doesn't matter. It's, it's, you know, he's present and he's moving. And I, and I really want to encourage you, don't you ever forget that. For me, it's so encouraging to know that this is the Spirit of God that lives in me. So that's the first thing we see about the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God. He is God himself. He's always present. He's always moving. And when you read the Bible, there are many ways in which the Holy Spirit is described. And the first and, and, and foremost ways of those that we talk about the Spirit of God but is, is what I've just spoken about. But that's not the only way the Holy Spirit is described. There's other descriptions about the Holy Spirit. He's also the breath of God. That's what He is, the breath of God. He's the one who inspires us. He's the one who awakens us and brings life to us. The Holy Spirit is the inspirer, the breath of God who inspires who inspires you and me. You know, Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. So that breath was the Holy Spirit activating in us, uh, animating us, bringing us to life. So the Holy Spirit is our life giver. He gives us life and helps us to awaken to the to the world that God's put around us, to that spiritual world. And so the, the, the passage in, in the Bible that I've just read clearly teaches that God made man from the dust of the earth. And, and the dust of the earth was, 
is an inanimate object. It's the same as we have now, but God formed man out of an already existing material, the dust of the earth. But man wasn't the only um, creature that came from the dust of the earth. The animals came from the dust, the trees, all this kind of stuff. So at a certain level, if we think about it, man shares a commonality with trees, with animals, at the biological level, you know, at the cellular level. The same cells in the sun, in the trees, and the animals are in the cells of your body. So how different are we from all of that? We're very, very different when we think about it because God did something unique and special with man. When he was creating man, he breathed into them the breath of life. And that awakened you and I, it awakened man. So the life of man is based on the breath of God, the, the Holy Spirit. And so God breathed in that breathing into us. He gave us inspiration to inspire is to breathe in inspiration. So God gave his life to us. He inspired us with his life. But if you know anything about life, if you breathe in and you never breathe out, what's going to happen? You're going to die. So God gave his life to us, and that is inspiration, but we must give back our life to him to complete the cycle of breathing in and breathing out. And so there are people who've breathed in, but they haven't breathed out. And the Bible calls them they, those that are dead in sin. That's what it says. And the day that they learn to breathe out and take the life that, that God gave to them and give it back to the giver of that life at that time, this completes the cycle of inspiration and expiration, inspiration and expiration, breathing in and breathing out. Because our life comes from God, but our life must be given back to God to complete that cycle. And so your life is not your own. Uh, your life depends on God. Without God, I wouldn't be here. And you must give it back to him. But the Holy Spirit is the one who awakened us. And that is one of the unique things that the Holy Spirit does for us. Um, and the thing is, when he awakened us, he made us aware of ourselves. And this is another thing of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit makes you aware of yourself. The passage I just read said, And the man became a living being or a living soul. God's breath does not just impart life to us. We become a living soul. We become people of reason, people of conscience. People that are aware. And, and that, that, that's why God's able to communicate with us. Because he's given us a reason by which, we can, by which he can make himself known to us. He makes us aware of ourselves. And you can never know your true self without the Holy Spirit. That, that's just the truth of the matter. You can know about your father. You can know about your mother. You can do a DNA test. You can know about you know, the, the family that you come from. Your ancestors. You can know what food you like. But... Your true self, who you really are, you can only know that through the one who gave you self-awareness, which is the Holy Spirit. So let's just change tack and go to Job, verse, uh, Job 32, verse 8. It says, there is a spirit in man, and the inspiration of the Almighty gives them understanding. The breath of life that was breathed into us is what makes us reasonable people. Which, in other words, means that's why we can reason, we can think, we can have arguments, we can... Go on a radio station and have a debate. Horses can't go on debates for radio stations. Crocodiles, you know, can't go into parliament and write bills. You know, why is it that of all of God's creation, we are the only ones who know who we are, that we are human beings? You know, we're aware of other people as well. 
and we can reason, we can remember, we can know what's happening right now. And most importantly, we can imagine those things that haven't happened yet. So we have foresight. Animals can't do that kind of stuff. They can't imagine what has not happened. And the reason we can do that is because God breathed something into us. It's the same yesterday and, to, and today and forever. And he gave us the ability to think of yesterday, today and forever. The ability to remember, the ability to know, to imagine. And that is the work of, of God in us. It's the work of the Holy Spirit in us. And that is the work, like I say, of the Holy Spirit. He gives us understanding of ourselves. And beyond that, he makes us aware of God. He makes us aware of God. And, and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit is what makes us aware of God. And there is a God awareness in every single human being. I think some people call it, you know, the, the God hole. And everyone has this hole. There's a God awareness that's in it. And it comes from the Holy Spirit. You know, I, I, I don't believe that there is anything such as a real atheist. You know, in this world, it's impossible for humans to be atheist. And the reason I say that is because the knowledge of God is instinctive to man. That is why you have to go to school for a very long time in university and debate and develop a very, very, very strong argument to convince yourself there is no God. Because in every one of us, we have that God whole. And you'll hardly find an uneducated person who doesn't both know God and acknowledge Him. And I mean, that, that's just a fascinating fact. You find the only people who, who do that are people who have to make mental effort to try to deny something they know without any shadow of a doubt within them. And that's so sad. That is, you know, and that, that's why an atheist spends a lot of time arguing against God. Because if there is no God, you, you shouldn't even bother. I mean, I don't spend my time arguing about whether there are ghosts or not. I don't bother. Well, what's the point? And so... It's just interesting, isn't it? So, But for somebody to write books that there's no God and give all these physiological and, and philosophical and biological arguments and, and develop all these kind of things, it's arguing against something that's inside them, which, which most of them know is there, which they actually cannot deny because God breathed into them. Because that person has been inspired. He only hasn't given his life back to God. He hasn't exhaled yet. And, but that knowledge of God is deep in every human being. And no human being can be an atheist if we think about it. You know, I mean, this is why the Bible even describes it. It says, it says this clearly. He says, the fool has said to himself, he said to himself, what does that mean? He's convinced himself. And when the thing is this, is that when you convince yourself, then it means there's something innate inside of you that you're trying to use external arguments to overcome. And this is what it says. The fool has said to himself, the fool has said to himself, said in his heart, there is no God. He doesn't know that. He knows there is a God, but he has to debate that. Do you know why? Because if he accepts that there is a God, then he has to be accountable to God. Then his life must now be regulated. And when God says, don't do this, he doesn't have to do that. And so certain people don't want to do that. And what they, they, they just want to laugh when they can do whatever they want. And this is even coming into Christian circles. So they say there's no God. But I guarantee you, no philosopher and any, any person who you hear all these great you know, people with these fancy arguments. And you, know, you can read their books. They're just convincing themselves. 
Most people who say there is no God say that because they are angry with some pastor or angry with a church or angry with a religious system or the relig some religious institution. They're angry with someone who hurt them maybe. Maybe it was a Christian when they were young. And, and that, that's just problem. They're angry. But inside them, they are confused. And their mind tells them that there's no God. And it's impossible to be an atheist. Because we, we don't have the capacity. No human being has that capacity to be non-human, to be, to be something that you're not. And so... I just want to bless you and hope that you enjoyed this teaching. I've got a lot more to say, but my time is up. And hopefully I'll speak a bit more about this in my next session. Bless you guys. Have an amazing time. Thank you.